0: Welcome to the Centerpoint Pentecostal Church podcast. We hope that this podcast finds you well and that you are ready for a life-changing message from one of our outstanding and anointed ministers. If you like this podcast, please be sure to give us a follow and a five-star review on your favorite podcasting app. Now let's get to today's message. Uh, The Gospel of John, chapter 14... After we read from the Gospel of John, we'll turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Amen. Praise God. John chapter 14, beginning at verse 1, Jesus said, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go ye know, and the way ye know. And Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest. And how can we know the way? Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, First Corinthians 10 and verse 13 says, There hath no temptation taken you but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able. But will, with the temptation, also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. Amen. With the help of the Lord tonight, I want to minister using uh, this subject, this title, The Church's Evacuation Plan. The Church's Evacuation Plan. Amen. One more time, would you place your Bibles beside you? And can we just lift our hands towards the heavens once again? And can we just pray and ask the Lord to open up our understanding, open up our heart tonight that we may hear the word of the Lord tonight. Lord Jesus, we thank you, first of all, for another opportunity to be gathered in your house. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit that is in this place tonight. Lord, I pray now that you would touch our hearts and our minds and minister to us in a mighty way. And everybody said in Jesus' name, amen. One more time, would you clap your hands and love the Lord? Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Tonight I would like to talk a little bit about something that may be a little different, something that plays a big role in most, if not all, of our lives, but is always, almost, almost always overlooked or never really gets much attention. It is something that is so very important that the federal government and the emergency management require all types of plants, oil rigs and platforms, amongst other large, dangerous work environments to have this, insurance companies and Other emergency management personnel require businesses, schools, colleges, hotels, and any other place where crowds of people gather together and attend to have it. And it is simply called an evacuation plan. Evacuate means to withdraw from a place of danger to a place of greater safety. Evacuation plan means a detailed proposal of withdrawing from that place of harm or danger and displaying a route to get to a safer place. It includes a plan of action along with a visual map of the building and the suggested route to, to safety from the place that you are in the building. Now in doing my research on this there are basically three main parts to an evacuation plan. There, You can get very, very detailed into it, but for the sake of time and for my message tonight, we're going to focus on the three main parts. The first one is called the location point. The second one is called your evacuation route. And finally, the third point is called the assembly point. And just as it is very important to have a plan in the physical for when chaos or some situation strikes, that you'll know that you have a plan to get to safety. I believe it is just as important, if not more, to have one in the spiritual. I believe as we are drawing ever so close to the coming of Jesus and the rapture of the church, we must make sure that our soul is ready, our family is ready, and that we are doing whatever we can to help others become ready to meet Jesus on that day. So, if you'll allow me tonight, real briefly, I want to talk on these three basic points. The first part part to our plan is the location point. In order for you to get to safety, and in order for you to find the safest, quickest route, the whole plan in general, in order for it to even be some type of help for you, is you must first understand and realize where you are in the building. You must come to terms with, recognize, maybe look at the drawing wherever it's displayed and determine where you are in the building. If you stay in a lot of hotels like we do traveling, you'll notice the back of every hotel door has an evacuation plan and it's got a big red dot on most of them that says you are here. And when I locate where I am, then I can take my finger and begin to look through about What would be the safest route for me and my family to go should something happen? What is the route that's going to get us to safety? And so we must first determine our location. They say the first step to recovery is admitting you have a problem. And the sooner that we realize that we are in a world that is burning and that our lives are headed in the wrong direction, or that I'm a sinner in need of grace and a Savior, the easier it will be to find my way out. In Genesis chapter 3, right at the very beginning of man, Adam and Eve made a terrible mistake. They disobeyed God. Eve listened to the serpent and ate the fruit God told them not to eat. And then she gave it to her husband Adam, and he ate. And once their eyes were opened and they were enlightened, the Bible said they hid themselves from God because they knew they had messed up. God knew where they were and what they had done. But I believe he was hoping that Adam and Eve would reveal their sin to him when he came into the garden and said, Adam, Adam, where are you today? But instead of repentance... God receives excuses. And that's exactly what flesh wants to do when it's in trouble or has messed up instead of admitting the problem. Adam tried blaming two people. He said, number one, it was the woman. And number two, that you gave me. It's your fault, God. your fault we're in this situation. It's your fault that we're finding ourselves in this terrible circumstance. It's your fault because it was the woman that you made and you gave me. Your fault. So Adam tried blaming two people. Tried blaming God and he tried blaming Eve. Eve, once she had the spotlight passed to her, she decided to pass the blame as well. She said, well, 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 wait a minute, it's the serpent, not me the serpent did it. It was his fault. But truth be told, the serpent didn't do anything but tempt you. You reacted. You responded. You took the bite. The serpent didn't make you take a bite. The serpent didn't hold you down and force you to eat it. You took the bite. Same with Adam. Adam, when your wife came running and said, here, try this, you opened your hand, took it, and you bit of it. It's nobody else's fault but yours. And the sooner that we come to terms that I'm in the position I'm in spiritually, not because of somebody else, but because of me and my decisions, that's the quicker we'll get to safety. You need to stop blaming the church. You need to stop blaming a pastor. You need to stop blaming sister so-and-so. And And you just need to understand, it's because of my decisions. It's quiet, and I knew it would kind of be. But it's where we are. We want to make it to heaven. We want to make it to safety. We want to get our family there but the first thing we've got to come to terms with is I've got to stop blaming everybody else. I had a terrible childhood. I did. I suffered as a kid. I went through a lot of things, and I I, I blamed a lot of people. I'd done a lot of terrible things, and I blamed the people because I was doing the things. But it wasn't until I come to terms with that I made these decisions. I let people push me. I let situations overtake me and I made the decision to mess up. And the other is I've got to make the decision to say this is where I am, this is what I'm going through, and here's how we're going to get out of it. The problem with most, if not all of us, is we live in denial and doubting. The only way to get out of a disaster, a burning building, or where to go to safety is we must first know where we are and then acknowledging to be in that place, admitting I need assistance, I need help, I'm in a dangerous place, and I'll die if I stay here. And living in denial, doubting and debating with where you are or what you currently are going through is not going to help you. The room you are in is it may not necessarily be on fire right now, but if you stay there long enough, it will be. See, we, we try to, well, you know, somebody else's room's on fire, but mine's not. And I'm all right try to find every every excuse every which way to work it out for ourselves or do it on our own terms or do it on our own time but in reality we are all living in a world that is doomed a world that is not going to get any better if you believe the same bible i do it's not going to get any better this world is on fire folks this world is coming to a crash the system, the spirit. Behind this system is trying to set it up for failure because Satan knows uh, that it's his time is very short, and we don't have time to just be dancing inside of our room saying, Well, I'll wait for another day, or My room is really not on fire right now, honey. Let me tell you, this whole world is burning, and your room will burn down one day. And so, you've got to make sure that you know when your number is called and when it's time to go, that you know how to get from from. here to there, safely. I don't know about you, but I want to go to heaven more than anything in me. I want to go to heaven. We must stop denying and doubting. Stop arguing with those that are trying to help us get us to safety. Step back and look at the bigger picture moment. Society is growing more evil and worse every day. And that old lion, that spirit of this world is walking every block. He's walking every street. He might have not made it to yours yet, but you can bank on it. He's coming. I said he might not be roaring at your door tonight, but you can bank on it just as sure as you and I are alive tonight. He's coming. He's coming. And he's coming fierce, uh, uh, fiercely and he's coming as loud as he can come. And what we've got to do is just what Peter said. We've got to get sober-minded and we got to understand uh, that we're in the middle of this fight uh, and the only way I'm going to come out uh, uh, out of this fight uh, victorious uh, and into the place uh, that God has prepared for me is I've got to find that direction. And I've got to know where I am. I've got to know where I am. The only way to escape a life of sin and despair is to not pass blame or make excuses, but simply realize I am a sinner. I've made mistakes. I'm not perfect. I can't do this on my own, and I am in desperate need of my Savior. I wholeheartedly believe that if Adam would have came running to meet God, Brother Francois, and fell on his face, said God I know we shouldn't have done it I believe God would have forgave him I don't know the outcome he may have still asked him to leave the garden but I firmly believe that God would have forgave him the Bible tells us God delights in showing mercy Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1 and you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by, by nature the children of wrath, even as others. So he said it all, every one of us at one time. We're dead in our sins. We're dead in our trespasses. We all walked according to the course, the path, the direction of this world. According to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. But then he says, but God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. The ESV version says, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. 2 Peter 1 verse 3, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to your virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance, patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness. Wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, ye shall never fall. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. (laughs) Peter said here God's divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who has called us by his own glory and goodness. Though these these has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them we may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Peter said through his spirit, which is his divine nature, and through our knowledge of him, that's the word, We can know how to escape this corrupted world and have fellowship with Jesus. For this very reason, he said we should make every effort to add to our faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness mutual affection and to mutual affection Because if we possess these qualities in increasing measure, meaning if they're ever constantly ever growing in us, they will keep us from being ineffective and and unproductive in our knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Peter also said, whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed for their past sins. Whoever is not growing in Christ, whoever has gotten stagnant, whoever has just, just looking at the temporary, just looking at the now, looking at what Christ did and then stopping there and never making a move forward. It'd be like buying a brand new car and parking it under the carport and never driving it ever a day in his life. What's the point of having it? What's the point of making a commitment towards God and allowing God to change your life and forgive you of your sins and fill you with His Spirit and set you up on this path to victory and then you just take a seat somewhere and never do nothing with it. Paul said you got to add got to add. Every day, There's something's got to be added. Something's got to come. You've got to constantly continue to grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are never to be full of Christ. And if somebody tells you they are full of Christ, in reality, they're full of themselves. Because we are to never be full of Christ. We are to ever be learning. Ever be growing. Just because, listen, just because I got baptized in Jesus' name and God filled me with the Holy Ghost one time 19 years ago doesn't mean I'm through. And so many people are deceiving themselves thinking that because they experienced the born-again experience one time in the 70s or the 80s or the 90s or whenever it happened that I'm through, I'm done. That's a lie. That's that devouring spirit trying to get in your mind and tell you that you're done. No, you're not done. That's just the beginning. We're now babes in Christ. I said we're now babes in Christ. my kids were born, I didn't hand them a driver's license and tell them to go get a job. I wish they could get a job now, praise God. Two teenage daughters and one fixing a crossover into that territory. I'm telling you, I'm like, man, man, something for y'all to do to earn a little money around here. But we don't take a baby and hand him or her those things and then scold them when they're unproductive of course, they're not going to be productive. They're not there yet. But if we never do anything with them, well, praise God. If we never teach them, we never start off with the milk and then start weaning it off into the vegetables and then weaning off to the meat. If we don't start and then, but constantly continue, then we are charged with neglect. And it's the same in the spiritual. We started this journey, but how many of us are continuing the journey? Some of us could really be charged by God with spiritual neglect. We've got to grow. We've got to constantly get up every day and say, what do you have for me today, Jesus? What do you want me to read today, Lord? Where do you want me to go? Who do you want me to talk to? What do I need to work on in my life tonight? It's just, not, it's just not done. So, so we, we have to know, I'm, I'm hurrying, but we have to know where we are, how are we growing, and what are we doing. Sometimes, and, and I, I do this quite often, sometimes we just need to stop and give ourselves a reality check. Am I living according to the Bible? Am I praying how he wants me to pray? Am I, am I doing the things that he's asked me to do, or have I gotten comfortable in my salvation? Come on, the church needs to wake itself up in this hour. We Just because our sign says Pentecostal don't mean we got a ticket waiting for us to board the old ship of Zion. Come on. You, you're not hearing me. I know some of you have already turned me off, and that's okay. But you got to hear me. Just because your mom and dad might have been the founding members of this church, and your, your, your grandma sat on the board, and, and your grandpa was a deacon, none of that matters. We've all got to get this for ourselves. I said, we've all got to get this for ourselves. And not just get it, but we got to keep getting it. And we got to keep getting it. And we got to keep getting it. And we got to keep keep getting it. And keep getting it. (laughs) Are we perfect now? Of course not. We will never reach the stage of perfection until we hear, well done. And so don't beat yourself up tonight if you've fallen off the wagon. Don't beat yourself up tonight if you've allowed questions to get in your spirit or maybe there's a circumstance that you and your family went through and you just didn't quite understand why God did it the way he did it. That's okay. We're human and he understands that. So what do we do in those times? We find ourselves a prayer room. We get in our car and we turn up the worship music and we take off down the highway and we pray and we tell God we still love him and we tell God we still need him and we let him put in the things. We let him put in the things that I'm needing for that moment. We've got this stigma that, you know, we can't talk to God how we really feel. But I beg to differ. Talk to Him. Tell Him. If you're angry tonight, tell Him you're angry. If you don't understand about the circumstances you've been handed, sit down with Him and ask Him, God, why are we going through this? Why didn't this happen? I believe in the power of prayer. We had churches pray, but it didn't happen. Why? Let him find you where you are and then let him begin to lead you and guide you Out of that place of where Satan is trying to get in your mind and cause you to doubt your faith and cause you to doubt that God is even real or tell you that you messed up too much and you can't live for God anymore. God's wiped his hands of you. You'll never make it to heaven. You're just an old something off the side of the road. You ain't no good. Honey, that's a lie from hell. God has mercy and God has grace. And if we call out to him on his name, he will answer. Come on, clap your hands one more time. Uh, Romans 3, verse 9, what then? Are we better than they? No, in no wise. For we have before proved, both Jews and Gentiles, that they are all under sin. As it is written, There is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. Then he goes on to say in verse 23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But let me help you with this. You might have come short today. Tomorrow's a brand new day. You come short today, here's another opportunity to get it back right. Come on. Co- Come on, we all come short. We've all made mistakes. It doesn't matter if you hold the mic or you hold a broom. It doesn't matter what part you play in the kingdom of God. Honey, we've all made mistakes. We've all said things we weren't supposed to, went places we shouldn't have, done things that we thought, my Lord, why did I do that? But that's the beauty of grace. That's the beauty of mercy. That's the beauty of who our God really is. Come on. That's why he gave me breath in my lungs again this morning so I can wake up and do my best to get it right today. Uh, I've got to hurry. So we've got to know where we are. Got to know where you are. You got to know where you are on this journey before you can ever know how to get to your destination. How many of you you have ever used? to punch in where you want to go but if you don't have your location turned on it's kind of hard to get to where you want to go if you don't know where you are I was where were we at this weekend I was driving to the church we were preaching at Saturday night and it got dark and we were headed down there and I was just trusting my trusty sidekick over there to help me get over there and uh, Boy, we got all turned around in them country roads. We was in the backwoods of Philadelphia, Mississippi. I couldn't tell you if I was coming or going, if I was close to, I mean, it was no streetlights, cows looking at you. <laughs> Ain't like you can ask them. I mean, I believe in miracles, but I hadn't seen that one yet. So, so I just I, but I didn't know where I was. I thought I knew. So I turned down the road I thought I was supposed to turn down. Come to find out I wasn't where I was, where I thought I was, and I surely didn't end up where I was supposed to. So in order for me to get to where I'm going, I've got to know where I am. And I've got to know my position and my place. The second point to our evacuation plan is known as the evacuation route. It is vital that after we have found our location point that we find the safest and best route for us to take to lead us out of our disaster or our situation. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. I read it a moment ago. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. So what you and I face on a daily basis is common to man. Everybody faces You are not the first to go through what you're going through. And you won't be the last to go through what you're going through. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape. The Bible says there is nothing that you are facing that isn't common to man. But God will not allow you to be overcome by your temptation to the point that you fail. That every place of temptation, there is always an escape route. Every time you and I struggle on this journey for living for God, if we stop and take a moment, there is always an exit door somewhere. I said, it doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter what circumstances you're in. There is always, the Bible just told me, that Jesus is our way of escape. So no matter what we're going through, no matter what we're suffering through, no matter what is trying to overwhelm us and cause us to quit, we have a way out. And his name is Jesus. And if I just put my trust in his word and put my trust in his spirit and look. My Lord. First Peter five, humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time casting all your care upon him for he careth for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour, whom resist, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. (laughs) Peter said the same things that you are fighting right now, church. Your brothers all across the world are fighting the same persecution, the same suffering, the same overwhelming antichrist lying spirit of the age. Your brothers and sisters all across this world are fighting that same lying, deceiving spirit. You're not alone in the fight. But he said if you'll resist steadfast, In the faith, trusting in and knowing what you believe and knowing what you've experienced and knowing that your God comes through every time you call on him or you need him. Jesus Christ and his word is our evacuation route. It is only by Him that we'll be able to escape the sin and the temptation of this world. Through His Spirit we possess the power to overcome darkness and follow after the path He has created for us. In a burning building, in a major flood, a tornado is on its way, a gas leak at the plant, disaster is happening all around. What's my safest way out of here? How can I get out of this mess? What is the most effective route I can take? In our text in John chapter 14, Jesus is speaking to his disciples after the Last Supper. Strange things are happening in this meeting such as Jesus bowing down with a towel and washing the disciples' feet. There's the breaking of bread and Jesus talking about his body and his blood. There's Judas slipping out into the night looking very shady. Jesus begins telling them about the things to come and he can see that it is troubling all of the folks in the room. So he starts out in verse 1 of chapter 14 by saying, don't let your heart be troubled by what I just told you. Don't be in fear about what I'm telling you is coming. He said, if you believe in God, like you say you do, believe in me, believe in my word, believe in what I am telling you. Then he says, I am going away to prepare a place for you. At my Father's house, And then he will return for them, and they know that they will be with him. He then says, where I am going, you know, and the way to get there, you know. And Thomas speaks up and says, Lord, we don't know where you're going, and we don't know how to get there. And Jesus makes that famous statement. He says, yeah, you know the way. I'm the way. It's me. I'm the way. Everything that I've taught you. Everything that I've showed you, everything that you've experienced these last three and a half years of ministry as I've walked upon this earth, you know the way to get out of here. You know the way to get to where I'm preparing for you. That way is through me, and it's through me only. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Can I tell you, every other avenue, every other situation, every other of. Uh, 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 doctrine or every other uh, spirit of this age that tries to tell you that you don't have to believe in God or you just be good or you just do this or just do that. Can I tell you there is only one way to get to heaven and it's through Jesus uh, and what he said. Hello? Said there's only one way and it's through Jesus and what he said. There's no other way. There's no loopholes. There's no gray areas. There's no, well, this or that. It's what Jesus said. That's the route I must take. If I want to walk the streets of gold, it's got to be through Jesus. If I want to take my family with me, it's got to be through Jesus. If I want to experience everything he's promised on that other side, it's only going to become through Jesus. Acts 4 and 10, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved i want to ask you a question all these people see this little text i just read to you this is coming off the heels of peter and john healing the crippled man at the lame at the gate the lame man that was at the gate of the temple And so now all the leaders and all the religious leaders have called these guys in and they're fussing at them and telling them, you got to stop preaching in this Jesus' name gospel. you got to stop spreading this falsehood. And Peter, full of boldness, turns to them and says, don't you understand that there is none other? There is no other way. There is only one way, and his name is Jesus. Jesus could save, because Matthew 1 and 21 tells us, the angel told Mary, you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sin. So if there's only one that can save me from sin, and there's only one who hung on a cross, and there's only one whose blood was shed, and there's only one that rose again on the third day, Why am I looking at anything else to fix what's broken in me? There's only one way. There's only one truth. You know what's fixing to happen here in a few minutes? I'll tell you what's fixing to happen. (laughs) For those getting baptized tonight, I tell you what's fixing to happen. You're fixing to get a name applied to you. I'm fixing to get a name applied to you that's greater than anything that has ever walked the face of this earth. Every thing you've struggled with, every situation in your life, you're fixing to get a name put on you that's greater than any other name. must be born again of the water and of the spirit or you cannot see the kingdom of God so you must be born Spirit. He came to Jesus, Nicodemus did, wanting to know how to get into this kingdom that Jesus has been preaching about. How can we be freed from the disaster uh, in our world and in our situations? Jesus said, I'll tell you how, it's by being born again of the water and of the Spirit. Or you cannot even see. That's not Jeffrey. It's not Carl Beard. That's not Center Point Pentecostal Church. That's John 3 and 5. see heaven until you experience this water baptism and this spirit baptism. Mm. Ephesians 4 and 5, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. Book of Acts chapter 2. Holy Ghost falls, just like the Bible said, just like Jesus told them at the last, at his final commission before going to heaven, he said, go to Jerusalem and tarry until you be endued with power from on high. If you want a Bible study, see us. We'll give you a Bible study on this. So they take them and they go up to the upper room in the book of Acts chapter 2 and they're praying and they're seeking God for 10 days and they're waiting on this promise and the Bible says when the day of Pentecost was fully come, there came a sacrifice from heaven uh, as of a Russian mighty wind. Y'all still believe this? Y'all still believe it takes the Holy Ghost? Find an apostolic church? it filled the house where they were sitting and there sat upon each one of them cloven tongues like as a fire and they all began to speak in other tongues. That's in Acts chapter 2. What are you talking about? I'm giving you the evacuation route. It's how we get from here to there. Said all of those that were down in the square celebrating heard the noise. And they come to Peter and the rest of the apostles and said, Men and brethren, what do we do? What do we do to be saved? Peter preaches to them who this Jesus was and who it was they hung on the cross and that he was the God of all glory robed in flesh who came and died for the sins of mankind and he pointed the finger at them and said you guys you put him on the cross you crucified him but here's good news he rose again on the third day and what we're experiencing in this house you guys can experience right here right now What do we do? Peter said, I'm glad you asked. Repent. He said, repent. Repent of your sins. Turn from your wicked ways. Repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. Not any other name, not any other title, not any other way, but one way. In the name of Jesus Christ, because he's the only one that died for my sins. He's the only one that can forgive sins. His blood is the only one that can atone sins. And he said, be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Church, it still takes the water And it still takes the Spirit. It still takes living our best life for God. It still takes giving it all we've got. It still takes keeping up the old past like Jeremiah said. It still takes praying and serving and worshiping and reading and studying. what a failure I'd be if my church of four that is with me every day of my life doesn't hear, well done. Oh, what a tragedy it would be that my three daughters would never get out of the room and make it to safety. So more important Said my family has to be saved. And so I've got to know this. I've got to know where I am and I've got to know where my family is and then I've got to know what is it going to take to get us saved? What is it going to take to get us to heaven? What is it going to take to keep us in relationship with Jesus Christ? And then finally, our final point, and I'm getting out of the way, but our final point tonight is called the assembly It's the place where you meet up after you've exited the place and followed your route. It's the place where you meet up and gather with others to become accountable. It's where I become accountable. It's the place where I gather with others and there the bosses and superintendents and fellow co-workers are calling out names to see if so-and-so has made it out of the building. It's where I go and I give an account of myself still safe and I'm still on the journey. Hebrews 10 and 24 and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day said as the persecution turns up and the heat of the fire comes against you stronger than it ever has don't stop getting together keep yourself accountable let somebody know that you're still in the fight let somebody know you've made it out safely that's why it's so important to come to the house of God because this is where we hold each other accountable this is where, if I am struggling, I find strength and refuge. Here is where I find the house of God, the fellowship of the body of believers. That's why it's so important to have a church family. That's why it's so important to belong to a house of God. It's where we can come together. Make up strength we need for the journey. And we're here together with brothers and sisters able to draw strength from one another because we're all fighting this same fight. Stand with me. I'm, I'm getting ready to close. Revelation chapter 20 and verse 12. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books In school they would do fire drills and I, I remember Bucky Middle School when I was going there they used to do fire drills and they had the National Guard armory next door and they would take us all out and they would lead us to that National Guard armory and we would all meet up inside that building and then each teacher would give roll call she would say your name and you would say here and what that was is it was letting her know you made it out safely made it you made it but whoever's name wasn't written in perhaps a serious situation very well could have not made it there's going to and and through my studies this is kind of what I found but there's going to be two books opened on the day of judgment we just read there he said books plural one is called the book of life that's God's book Where all our names are written. And there's also another book, and that book is the book of our life. And our life is going to be open, and then his book is going to be open. And he's going to compare the two. Did you do everything you could do to make it in? Did you follow the route to safety? Did you follow me? Did you follow my instruction? Did you follow my word? Did you show up to the house of God? Did you fellowship with like believers? Did you pray? Did you give it your very best every day of your life? God is not expecting perfection when he opens those books. He's just expecting a life that did its very best to live for him. None of us will never reach the state of perfection. But we all can reach the place where we hear, well done. Thou good and faithful servant. Thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that it changes and impacts your life for days to come. If you would like to connect with us further, give us a like on Facebook at facebook.com slash Centerpoint Pentecostal Church or just search Centerpoint Pentecostal Church on Facebook. If you would like to join one of our services in person, the service times and address are in the podcast description. Thank you and God bless, and we hope to see you on the next episode.